Welcome to the Palette Talks podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Palette Talks podcast. This is your yeah. host, Jason, and I'm honestly, I'm just super thrilled to be back with the podcast um, after we had some break over the New Year's transition. Uh, but I'm really happy today uh, because I'm joined by one of the most prominent producers in the lo-fi scene. Um, I've been featuring some of his music uh, throughout the platform, and he's such an amazing guy. So let's just welcome him to the show. He's none other than Cold Brew. Hey, man, welcome to the show. Yay! I'm happy to be here, man. Um, dude, I can't believe that's that's some nice nice introduction you gave me there. I don't know about <laughs> the most prominent. I'm just making beats and uh, trying to have people listen. I guess I I'm just chilling. Yeah, and, yeah, and I believe that a lot of people are listening to your music, and they're so blessed that they're listening to your music because I, I am. Um, so how's it going, man? Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It's going great, dude. I'm just love and life dude that's just that's everything right like enjoying life it is man it's just yeah. uh being grateful every day you know just for for whatever like there's always something to be grateful for so uh just good to look at that instead of looking at the things that are negative a hundred percent so um to give some context to the people out there so um can you do some introduction just a gift, you know, uh, for the people who might not know you yet, um, of yeah. who you are, where you're from, and what do you do? Yeah, well, um, I'm Austin, and I go by Cold Brew. I make chill hop beats, lo-fi, whatever you want to call it. Um, kind of my backstory a little bit. I've been playing music since I was, like, old enough to open my eyes, basically. Wow. Um, I, I got my first guitar from my uncle whenever I was three years old and I was just kind of like beating it around and then eventually my parents were like we need to get him some guitar lessons so he stopped beating this guitar I was annoying the crap out of them I think but um anyways so I ended up getting guitar lessons around five and um my guitar teacher his name's Jesse Jesse Tabish and he is the member of a band called Other Lives now and they're like tour around London they have their music played in like Starbucks some big movies now at the time he was just like a local performer but um he always helped me because I I've always like since a young age always wrote my own music and mm. kind of played my own stuff I I was never interested in like learning covers of other people's music and mm. so finding a guitar teacher that like suited me was hard because a lot of people wanted to teach covers and do tabs. But mm -hmm. Jesse, he actually taught me, like, how to read music and, like, writing your own and the originality of it. And, and it, it's not because I was, like, trying to be cool or anything with original music. It was just I was just lazy. And I didn't want to sit and learn someone else's. I was like, I can just create something new. And mm -hmm. it's way easier to create something new than learn some, what somebody else has done. And so... That's kind of where all the things started. Um, and then, yeah, I, I played guitar, and then I started playing drums around the age of 12. And wow. then it um, 
wasn't cool to play drums in in school. It was like where I come from. Uh, I'm from Oklahoma, by the way. I forgot to say that. But uh, I'm from okay. Oklahoma, United States. And it like around 12 years old, I started to play drums. And then um, it wasn't cool. And you had to be an athlete to like be cool in school. And so that's mm-hmm. what I like I want to do. So I want to be an athlete. So then I took like a whole music hiatus from the age of like 13 until about really just like a year, like 14, 15, somewhere around there. And then I started playing drums again and I started a YouTube channel like doing drum covers. And mm-hmm. I was uh, just covering like metal bands and rock bands. That was really fun for me because I could just still be original and I didn't have to like read tabs someone else wrote or notes or music other people wrote. I just could like hear it because it was just drums. Mm. And then eventually I wanted to take my YouTube channel to the next level. And my parents got me a mic set, a Personas mic kit for my drums. And so then I had to learn how to use them. And that's whenever I got started in audio production. And that was around 15, 16. And then um, around 16, 17, I started making um, more music in my software. And I was making what I was calling um, just chill beats or like ambient beats that's what i was calling mm-hmm. them and i didn't really know that there was like you know a word for that like low fire chill hop i was just making stuff that i thought yeah. sounded cool and i didn't think anybody really cared about that type of music and then um i saw the bootleg boy oh yeah and his his no sleep mix someone showed it to me at um my school and i was like wow this is sick it's like so nostalgic and mm-hmm. it's a little bit more like hip hop to what, because I was just making like super ambient stuff at the time. And I was like, wow, I could combine the uh, ambient stuff and hip hop. And then that's whenever I started making lo fi. And I was around, you know, 17, 18 at the time. And then I started and I released my first EP, which is an EP that I made three years before I released it. Um, Welcome to my mind, that EP. Ah. Uh-huh. And that was stuff that I made a long time ago, but I couldn't figure out a name that I wanted to uh, like be, mm. like who I wanted to be in the scene or whatever. And then I yeah. figured out cold brew. I was like, I love coffee. It's like coffee mm-hmm. house kind of vibe. Um, cold brew is my favorite coffee, and it just kind of happened. And then I released my first EP, and you were one of the first people to support me. Yeah. It was like, you oh. and uh, Lo-Fi Night. And D'Angelo, like you three were like super supportive for the first EP and that really like gave me the drive to keep creating. And you guys have been supportive ever since, man. It's like a super cool community. But that's kind of like where I come from. My background might have been a little bit too long, I don't know. But I got no, no, I got no, history. It's, yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's a very interesting story, you know. Like so I could say like you're kind of like a music virtuoso, I guess, or a prodigy. It's like you started playing guitar like when you were three, like you played drums when you were twelve. So is it something like you just picked it up because like you were curious about it, or is it something like I would say like encouraged by your parents, I guess? Uh, it was, for music. It was encouraged by my uncle. My uncle uh, Jake 
he played um he played in a band and it was called like Jake I'm not gonna say his last name because we have the same last name. I don't really want to put that. Uh-huh. Name, but it, it was his band, anyways, and mm. he's the one who gave me my first guitar whenever I was three. So it was like I was just kind of like giving music, like here you go, and I was just fascinated with the sound. I remember there's still pictures of me like sitting on the floor with pots and pans whenever I was younger, just because like mm. it was there. That's just it was kind of just like put in front of me. It's not really something I ever had to. Uh, it wasn't something I had to figure out for myself. It was kind of just like mm. there and I enjoyed it. And my grandpa also worked at a recording studio in my town. And um, he did website development there. But I would I would always go there and just run around the studio like while people are recording. So I was like always in that studio environment from a young mm. age because he would like babysit me. And so I'd just be at the studio and then in between like there'd be bands in there doing sessions and in between them recording and them listening back to what they recorded i would be like running in the studio to go bang on the drums while i was like seven years old there's still mm. videos on youtube of me playing drums just like nonsense just banging on drums in his studio uh, I see, like, yeah okay oh so do you think like i was i was just curious you know about about your story i think it's Really interesting. So, like, do you think like there's this kind of concept of osmosis, where like because we're surrounded by a lot of musical talents, like such as your uncle, it helps you to be like what you are now, who you are yeah, now, yeah. like, hmm. yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Because like, yeah, some people because like they just enjoy it solo. And they just like, you know, in their stay in their room and just do their own thing. But there are some people that actually came from musical backgrounds, and I've I've actually talked to people who have studied for music, even um like about the music theory and stuff. Like it was actually kind of mattered too in the lo-fi scene. And I I really want to know like what are your thoughts? Because like you've been into music since like a very young age, and so I'm I'm just curious like what do you think about um how the low vibe kind of scene is is currently happening right now like do you think it's just um repetitive right or do you think it's just um a part of its own identity i guess like because many people actually said that low vibes are kind of like compromising i'll not say compromise um i would say like break some rules um of music music theory like um regarding to that yeah yeah well i mean in the same in the same regards i mean so does jazz but there's Mm. there's so i i um for a year and a half i went to a school in oklahoma city oklahoma um called acm it's the academy of contemporary music and i studied music theory there music production stuff like that um but at the end of the day like it doesn't really matter um, what yeah. your music theory knowledge is or not. At the end of the day, what matters is how it sounds. And so if it sounds good, then that's awesome. And all it has to do is sound good to you. Someone else may not like how it sounds, but like that doesn't really matter. If you're doing what like sounds good to you, then that's cool. Like It doesn't really matter what um, DAW you use, it's Digital Audio Workstation, 
It doesn't mm. really matter what software you use. It doesn't matter what equipment you use, what instruments you use. If it sounds good to you, then it's cool. And if it matches up in music theory, then that's awesome. And if it doesn't, that's cool too. Like it just it doesn't it doesn't matter as much. In any genre, I feel like. I feel like you've got to break the rules. And as far as lo-fi being repetitive, um, I mean that's just I repetitive kind of has like a negative connotation to it. Um, like people say repetitive as like something that's like annoying them. That's what I think of whenever I hear someone say repetitive. Yeah. And like that's that's it doesn't have to be like that, but it's okay to be like that as well. I have a lot of songs that are just loops and it's just the whole song is just like a minute and a half loop. And that's that's cool. Like that's what it comes back to is if it sounds good, then awesome. And if it sounds good to you, then that's all that matters. Yeah, and, and I think I, I actually really agree with you. Like, there's, I personally, like, I don't know anything about music. Like, if you will ask me about, like, all those theories and stuff, I would not know. Because, and I think, like, one of the leverages of, of how I um, curate and, and feature people's music is because I don't understand those theories. I think, like, because I listen to it as just an audience who enjoy listening to music. You know, so so I just yeah. like whether it's good, it sounds good for me, or it sounds um not really good for me, but it might be good for someone else. So like, it's very like based on perspective, I guess. Yeah, like, definitely. And yeah. I remember I forgot who it was. I mean, I'm not gonna say names or anything, mm-hmm. but um, someone I was talking to was talking about this song that had a. They were talking about stereo bass, and mm-hmm. so bass most of the time is mono, which means that it's just coming through, like, I don't know, just one signal, basically. I don't know how to describe it in, like, layman's term. But, and then okay. stereo is coming through left and right, um, obviously. And bass is normally mono. But if you do stereo, then sometimes you can encounter phasing issues with your audio. And so a lot of producers frown upon using stereo bass because it can create phasing issues, and it's not technically correct. But mm. I've used stereo bass before, and it's not technically correct, but in the right circumstances, it can sound great. And at the end of the day, all that matters is how it sounds to the listener. Because the amount of people listening to your music that are producing it themselves and are going to sit there and be like, hmm, I don't, I'm not going to listen to this song because I can tell that this production technique was used or was not used, uh, compared to the amount of people that are listening that are just going, this sounds cool. I vibe with that. Like, you. You want more of those people. Or, mm. I mean, maybe not want more of them, but, like, that's just how it is. And so if it yeah. sounds cool, then that's it. Like, if it sounds cool, period, that's all that matters at the end of the day. It doesn't matter how you got there. It just matters that it sounds good at the end to you. Yeah, and, and the reality is, like, yeah, I mean, like, I believe that the majority percentage of uh, people who are listening to your music will not be like, oh, you used the wrong technique, you used stereo bass. Like, I think, like, yeah. the majority is just, like, whether it sounds good or not so good, right? Yeah. So, yeah I exactly. think that, that, that's, that's all opinion-based anyway, too. Like, mm-hmm. that's when it comes down to the fact that it's got to sound good to you. Because if you're creating mm-hmm. something that you think is going to sound good to other people, it might not. And then if it doesn't sound good to them and it doesn't sound good to you, then no one's going to. 
But if something sounds good to you and other people vibe with it, that's the best feeling. And then if they don't vibe with it, you're still cool because you're like, I like the beat. I'm going to listen to it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if, if you enjoy, like it's good. And then like all the audience are like, it's good as well. Then like it's a plus plus, right? But even if it's yeah. like only, if only you enjoy it, like no, doesn't matter. Cause like you think it's good and like it's good <laughs> because yeah, yeah it's, it's all based on just this perspective, this notion of, of, taste i guess of music itself um and like um do you i i, I want to dig a little bit about like your creative process like your music making process like um when you are making let's say your latest single right um what was it um a game boy game, man SP. yeah i think it, it has those uh, nostalgic vibes <laughs> like um when you were making, let's say, Game Boy Advance, and do you like do a lot of, I would say, like revisions in your mind? Like this doesn't sound good, and like you keep changing it, changing it, and changing it. Is that something that you kind of do, or just okay? I'm gonna just do this, 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 and like it's done. No, I mean it. Uh, I'm sure I don't. I don't have the project in front of me, but I mean I'm sure that I went through and tweaked things. Like I, I heard things that I didn't like and tweaked them, but um, I don't know. I, I, I try not to get too hung up on that, on the technical things. I just kind of listen to it, and if it sounds good, then it's awesome. Like I didn't the sample I used at the beginning. I went on YouTube and was like Game Boy Advance SP startup sound, and then I was like, okay, dope. I downloaded it, and I didn't like the way it sounded, and because it was super dry. So I added some reverb on it, some delay. I EQ'd it a little bit, uh, put a compressor on there, and like just to alter how it sounds. But it's like kind of a natural process for me now, just because I've been like I've produced so many tracks, not just as cold brew, but just I've I've gone under different aliases before, and I've produced tracks for other people. Like I've probably produced over a thousand tracks, fifteen hundred tracks at wow. least. Wow! Like just. And I'm not talking about just like chill hop, but just like music in general. And so mm. it's such a natural process for me whenever I hear something that I don't really think, okay, how do I change this to what I want? I just like know what to do and I just do it and I just go with the flow. And yeah, I mean, I tweak basically every sound that comes in. It's very mm. rare. It's way more rare to pull a sound in or pull a sample in and have a drum going or something that sounds perfect right off the bat. That's super yeah. rare. You pretty much tweak mm. everything to your sound. And that's how you get like your um individuality. Like you can play a track and be like, okay, this sounds like a cold brew track. Is because like the way that you mix things and just like certain things that you add in the mixes that people can tell it's you. So it's you also create like kind of like your branding like your identity so like when people listen to your music they know like oh this is the cool groove beat right yeah and, everyone's and... ears are different everyone's ears hear things slightly differently even if it's slight everyone's ears hear things differently and so what you're hearing whenever you listen to me is the way that my it sounds good to my ear and mm. so that's how it, it like without even trying every producer has like a sound or kind of like a coat that's on their music like a glaze it's like like think of a beat like a donut all right and then mm. think of like 
the producers little little vices as the glaze like it's like glazed over without you even noticing that you're doing it because your ears just hear things a certain way and so that's how you get your sound you don't have to try to get your sound it just happens that's a really good analogy like yeah just subconsciously you're pouring it over your music right yeah exactly you don't even you don't realize it because you're just at the end of the day you're just working to what sounds good and it sounds good to you and so there you're already making something that's your sound if you're trying to make something sound like something else then that's not going to be you but if you're just making it to sound good to you then it's going to have your sound on it i feel like a lot of producers get hung up on um you know trying to like sound a certain way instead of just sounding good to themselves and that's where things get trippy but yeah i mean you just work out your flow everybody's got a different flow a different technique a different way that they they do things um and and you work that out over time Mm. it just takes time to and lots of tracks just make as many tracks as you can in the time that you're given whatever time you got if you want to produce then you just gotta use that time and do as much as you can yeah and i like Generally speaking, like, I really like the concepts of you just, like, it comes natural, right, when it comes to, like, producing. And I think, like, I don't want to judge, but, like, a lot of producers might probably overthink their beats too much, right? Well, they yeah, but so too- did I. Like, I did, too. Uh, Whenever mm. I first started, I did, too. That's the thing. It's, like, just over, I'd say, the past two and a half years, it's just been, like, yin and yang and flow. Like, just, just. Like, I go with the flow, and I just make it. Like, I just know what to do. I know where, where to put my hands. I know what plugins I want to use. Stuff like that. But at the beginning, oh, man, you can ask my parents. Like, the first album that I recorded ever, um, I was 16 whenever I recorded that album. And it took me seven months for 10 songs to get them mixed because I was so nitpicky mm-hmm. and so, like, What's that called? Perfectionist. I was such a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And I learned to lose that side of me in a good way. Because nothing, like music isn't, shouldn't be perfect. Because yeah. life isn't perfect. So it should have little imperfections, little things. Like I used to take out all of 2K, which is a frequency. And just because it was like, had a certain net noise to it. But then sometimes it's like, man, that noise is like, it deserves to be there. I shouldn't take it out just because the fundamentals of like this is what you're supposed to do or whatever. But yeah, it wasn't always like that. I want to make sure and emphasize that because I don't want to discourage anyone that's starting off producing and they yeah. feel like they're being a perfectionist because that's natural. And that that just goes with time. You just gotta produce more and eventually you'll just become more and more comfortable. And then eventually you'll be whipping out tracks in two hours that sound perfect to you just because you know what to do, where to go, et cetera. Yeah, and, like, I think, like, you said that, like, music is also imperfect, just, like, how life is. Like, when we're trying to achieve this, like, sense of perfectionism, which, like, everything's different, right? And, like, yeah. um, it's it, it becomes, like, a fantasy of, like, it you like it will never reach there like so you just gotta like follow your flow and like 
make it natural, right? But everything takes time. Like I believe, like for the producers who just started making music, of course, like they're gonna tweak a lot, they're gonna overthink a lot. Um, but I think yeah, it's a it's a very it's a continual process, and uh, yeah, I think like everyone has their own time, and but I think like the way that how you your work ethic now, I think it contributed to the fact that you actually produced tons of music recently. Like in 2020 alone, you produced like two tracks, right? Dude, I made those tracks back in September. Ah, okay. Yeah, okay. I've got, I've already got releases that I've made all the way scheduled out to October of 2020. Like those, wow. like those are already booked, done, everything. I don't, in 2019, I probably made 70 to 80 tracks, like finished tracks that are ready to be put out. So far this year, I don't know, probably seven or eight beats so far this year. I haven't been extremely busy, but yeah, it's it's it, that's also a crazy process. It's like the music that you'll hear from me over the next, you know, nine months is stuff that I've made months ago today. Mm-hmm. And so you'll hear the evolution of like the stuff I'm making today, you're going to be hearing in 2021. Like that's uh, how that's yeah. how far in advance it is, and that's just man, it's just crazy. I wish that I could just release music all the time. Like, if I could release a beat every single day, I would. Yeah, I mean, like you really hustled a lot because like you got so many tracks planned for twenty twenty one. Like, uh, for October twenty twenty, right? Like, it's, wow. Like, I mean, like you really work hard. I really admire that. Um. Um, yeah, I got the uh it's it's just crazy, man. Just the the way that things line out. Because it's not like I was trying to make music that far in advance, but I have certain projects in my mind that like I wanna make and I'll have streaks where like I don't make a beat for a week or two weeks and then all of a sudden I make five beats in one day. So it's just like it just depends on the day and stuff like that. But I, I'd like to talk about my uh, childhood album a little bit. That's oh, yeah, coming sure. out um, at the end of February. It's coming out February 28th. I'm super stoked on it. It's like, it was a lot of work. Um, a lot of fun to make. It's 25 songs. Wow. Um, okay. I finished it back in September, but I've been working on it since July. So that's like, three months of really hard work getting it all mixed and mastered getting all the songs laid out right um this track titles figured out um which i have a theme and like i like to do releases and themes and so kind of like the turbulence ep that i put out all five tracks on there were different airports that i went to on a trip that i had and Mm. then um this childhood record is 25 things from my childhood that like are really special so like i've got stuff on there like foursquare um the scholastic book fair gym scooters pokemon like things that as a kid i like really love and it starts off um, track one on the record is 12 1 1999 which is my birthday so that's the beginning of my childhood and then the 25th track is called moving out which is the end of childhood um, whenever you move out of the house, you know, start your own life. 
and that's what I went through um in August I moved out in August and I've had my own place and with my girlfriend Gabby shout out Gabby but yeah I'm really excited about that project um I've released four singles from it so far and I don't know when this podcast is going to be live but um the fifth single comes out on the 31st of January and it's called Beyblade and then uh yeah the full album comes out February 28th I'm excited when you create music that you can relate I think like it feels so much different especially like of course to you because like I think music is one of the ways we can um it, it transcends emotionally like it, it flows through people and that's one thing that I really like I think it's super cool about music but like just listening to some beats it can really like dig a lot of like emotions deep down in your heart and yeah. like it it can like communicate things that you cannot say that it's really hard to say it's really hard to talk about maybe but like yeah i think like to like music is based on emotions i really do believe that yeah um, it's it's like music is the uh it's something that you can't really describe yet you like completely understand mm-hmm. at the same time like you can't describe why it makes you feel this way but you know it does and that's like yeah music is awesome it, I, it blows my mind i don't even know like music is just vibration and somehow vibrations make us human beings and other animals feel a certain type of way and that's just crazy like just some vibration like that's all it is summed up music sound is just vibration and based on the way that vibration happens the frequency of it is how it makes us feel like that's just insane like scientifically it looks like it's just vibrations but like it's humanly it's like it's so much more than that yeah exactly which is crazy it's awesome and like and like it it doesn't just like it's not just like about emotions but i think like music is also about making a difference like a lot of people um can impact their society impact their community through music and a couple of days ago i saw the sheridan mixtape uh that you did like you work together with uh, Raven Rapid and a bunch of other producers. And yeah, um, it, it's really amazing, man, when I first saw that, especially the fact that um, all the money uh, raised uh, goes to the ARC, I guess, um, in Australia, helping with the wildfire bushfire relief over there. So I was just um, we, uh, a bit curious uh, about like who started the project and like how did you become a part of it and how do you gather like tons of producers supporting? Yeah, um, so I can answer some of those. I don't really know the answers to others, but um, Raven Rapid, he started it. Um, And the way I found out about it is just like me and him, we pretty much DM each other every single day, just like chatting. And he told me that he was putting together this mixtape and wanted to see if I had a track for it. And I was like, sure, I've got a track for it. Like, I'd be happy to send one over. So then I just sent him a track and I mean, he literally did all the work, like, other than the, the music that's on there. I mean, and he has a song on there, too. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he did 
he did all the work of putting it together, figuring out the charity that he was going to give to, like, all of that is him. All I did was send a track. So, and as far as all the other producers that got involved, um, I'm sure that it was a similar situation. Or um, he also posted and said that he was looking for producers that wanted to put a beat on it. So I'm sure he got a lot that way too. But either way, like, I'm happy to be a part of something so cool. That's the first um, charity beat tape that I've been a part of. And yeah. I look forward to being a part of many more. However many, like, anytime I see someone's making a beat tape, rather it's just, like, a mixtape or it's for a cause or anything, like, I'm more than happy to spin a track in. I'm just trying to, uh, you know, help out wherever I can. Yeah, and, like, I really love the fact that the whole community actually supported it. Like, not just the producers, the, the producers as well, the, oh, the yeah. audience as well. Like, it's just... It's like a teamwork game, you know? It's like, we're all part of this. And and Definitely. it's like about being selfless, just, you know, giving. And I think like it's a very big thing because like uh, my brand vibes a lot with like positivity and, and love and, and, and kindness. And I think like being a difference, like, okay, listening to music is cool. Like making music is cool. But like, I think music can like go beyond that. like we can actually make a difference and knowing that house it, it's not small like it may look just one small step but because it's in the right direction you know it's still in the right directions like we just try and make yeah. a difference and i just i think it's really cool that we can all be a part of this together totally i completely agree i mean you look at the fact that like the artist contributed the mixtape but then pages like you and Lo-Fi Night shouting it out, like you guys provided some promotion for it. You know what I mean? Like everybody mm-hmm. contributed. It's a group, a group effort. Yeah. It was, it's definitely like, and I don't even know what the um, number is that it's made so far. I just know that after like the first day, it made 400 bucks. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. That's yeah. awesome. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a team effort, the whole thing. Like, I mean, people that say, you know, I did this on my own, you know, people at the Grammys or whatever will be like, I did this on my own. No Mm -hmm. one does it. No one does it on their own. I mean, you may do certain things on your own. You can do things independently, released without a label, et cetera, but you're still going to need people to support your music, to listen to it. You know what I mean? Without any listeners, then you did it on your own. But if you've got people listening to you, then it's not on your own. You've got curators that are putting your songs in playlists. It's not on your own. Like, they're helping, you know, and it's a, it's a group effort. And there's nothing wrong with that. Just, like, I think it should be appreciated. Yeah. 100%. Man. Yeah. Super nice. Uh, is there anything, like, um, I think, like, before we wrap it up, is, this, is there anything, like, you want to cover, like, you want to talk about? Uh, just, like, your platform to talk about anything you want, I guess? I don't know. Who are you? What what are what are you up to? What's your plan? Ah, uh, yeah, I mean like the the cold brew talk podcast, uh, <laughs> and you're you're a guest now. Uh, I'm I'm a guest with the in the cold brew um, talks Gerilda, podcast. Gerilda, what, what are you up to? Um, actually, like I got a lot of things in my mind right now. Like, uh, we're gonna release. I think like merch. Uh, I'm working with uh uh a clothing brand. Uh, to release some merch uh, 
um, and I'm gonna do some giveaways for that as well. So we're gonna do giveaways shortly. Um, and then, I don't know, like for me, like for 2020 especially, like basically I, I just wanna collaborate with people. Like I just, like I wanna help people. I wanna uh, work together with people, with producers, with artists, with pages, with people. So a lot of uh, our content, like um, you can kind of see, like it's gonna be a lot of uh, either it's working with people or it's curating people's stuff. You know, we got the new series Catch the Vibes, where we highlight producers, you know, doing their um, performances, I guess. Um, and and we, we're gonna do a lot of things through IGTV as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I just, I don't want to forget like the roots of, of how it all started. Like it's all about the community. It's all about like what keeps us together, what binds us together. Like, and, and not just music, music's great, but like how it can, like you said, like it, how it just relates so much with people's emotions. Like it, it might be just vibrations, but it can actually really help people's days. So when I, I receive DMs like, yo, thank you so much for posting every day. Please don't stop. I was depressed. Stop. And like just reading through it and knowing that you think it's just an IG post, but wow, like you actually make a difference in someone else's life, in someone else's like mental health solution thing. For me, that's just, I mean, like I'm so grateful for that. Like I'm thankful that, you know, I can just, you know, it's such a blessing. It's just, I'm so blessed to be a blessing that yeah, like i feel that of course there will be metrics there will be like uh, the growth of the page and stuff like that you know trying to expand to different platforms like okay there's that but like what about the humans like what about like what value you can give to your audience how it can actually really help people's days and i'm just super grateful for that you know yeah the growth comes with like you don't have to worry about the growth yeah because if you're creating something of value, then it's going to grow naturally. But if you're worried about growth and you're not bringing value for it, you know, like, like doing your thing, like you're going to grow organically. There's no need to, you don't have to do anything. You know what I mean? And that's just yeah. how it is, how I feel um, with music. Like I'm just putting my music out there. You know, I send it to curators to listen. Anyone that wants to add it, that's sick, that really like, that support is like really the best thing for a producer whenever a curator adds it to a playlist or shouts it out or anything like that's that's like the ultimate you know what i mean and that that just uh that just happened you don't have to worry about it the music comes first and then yep. and then everything else just follows and for you it's the content the content comes first and everything else is going to follow yeah Thank you for that, man. I, you know, I think we're all in this together, you know? Um, yeah. So, like, before we wrap it up, do you have any advices? Might be life advices, musical advices, anything you want to share with the audience? Um, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll give some life. I guess. Um, so, you're living. You're living your life and you're listening to this podcast. And Cold Brew's got some advice for you. 
my advice is don't care so much about things just in general just there's life is too short to get hung up on things it's too short to worry you know what i mean like like worrying doesn't change anything i don't know that seems like super cliche um, nah, I think it's but, really... but just there's no reason to worry just be grateful for where you're at you know what i mean um mm-hmm. i worked at mcdonald's whenever i was 16 and i hated it but every day that i went in i worked the window and i was stoked on that because i got to whenever people pulled up to the window i was like how's it going how's your day going hang on i'm working on your drink one sec I, I hope your day is going good. You know what I mean? And then be like, have a good day. I love telling people have a good day. But I didn't like the job. But, you know, it's just you got to make the best of where you're at and be grateful for where you're at. And you'll find that you're a lot more happy. Um, and it's a lot easier said than done. It's definitely something that you've got to consciously do because your subconscious is just going to look at, like, the bad thing that happened in the day. But you just gotta focus on the positive. That's life advice for Colby. Focus on the positive. There you go. And That's, music advice, yeah. same yeah. thing. Just do your do your thing, you know? Make something that yeah. sounds cool. That's pretty much it. Awesome. I think like that's perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you have any shout outs to anyone? Um you wanna do some shout out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out Gabby. Shout out my dad, shout out my mom, shout out um, H3H3 Productions, Teddy Fresh, <laughs> shout out um, Lo-Fi Night, shout out you for having me on. Of course. Uh, trying to think of who else. I don't know. There's so many people to shout out. Shout out uh, for always featuring my music, shout out College Music, shout out Bootleg Boys, shout out Ambient. Um, I don't know. Shout out, nurse. Shout out, everybody. Happy birthday. Probably. Happy birthday. <laughs> All right. Austin, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate thank your you for time, I your availability. It. I really, I really learned a lot of new things today, and I'm, I really appreciate that. Of course, man. Thank you for having me on. And I would like to thank everyone else also for listening to the podcast up until this point. Uh, I really do hope that you gain value uh, from this podcast. And uh, make sure to follow all of um, Cold Brew's platforms in Spotify and, and Instagram. Make sure to check out his music. And we're going to play one of his music afterwards. So stay tuned for the podcast. Uh, I really hope that you all have a good day and see you all in the next podcast. Bye bye.